The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. This is Colvic Darksy. I'm a half-orc cleric. I'm really into CrossFit and spreading my dark seed. Shakes. I am Melvin Hardy. I am a high elf wizard. Unfortunately, sometimes I turn people inside out. Previously, on the Very Good Adventuring Team. I suppose I should say where we're moving. I'm moving opposite quartz from well, the Kolvik. I should probably describe where I moved first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we shouldn't give him anything. If he's so smart, why didn't he know that these things were going to be in there? <laughs> <laughs> and you see he's got this golden bracer. And you see him smile for a second, and then you see an arrow sink into his back. And you hear a clatter of metal on the the stone floor, and you can see the bracer is still there, but Nansen is gone. You can touch the big gemstone that's on the side of it, and you can rewind time for six seconds. They want some payoff money, probably? No, they want blood. They These want fellas blood. put up that slide, too, and now nobody's got no time for any clown. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I doing DMing, man? Anything else on your turn? Just disappointment. Going to reach into my bag and pull out a handful of ball bearings and just throw them. These are all war clowns. <laughs> <We're kidding. laughs> I think they probably had enough. Do you think they're, they've I'm, learned their lesson? I'm going to use Ray Perkins <laughs> on Blinky. And I don't like him. I'm going to go next to Roscoe and gently light a match. Oh my god! Throw <laughs> <laughs> it on Bobo. You're going to light him on fire? Yeah, I'm going to take a running start at Krusty and kick him right in the balls when he's on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Like like I'm trying to kick off a football at the beginning of a game. (laughs) I'm just going to run as hard as I can and kick him right in the balls. Swiveling your hips, putting every ounce (laughs) of your weight into it. (laughs) Give Give me an attack roll at advantage. (laughs) <laughs> Did you think I can kill him by thinking? <laughs> I was totally thinking that. It's like when you with the whole like old thing in the eighties where like you'd punch somebody's uh, nose bone up through into their brain, but it would it would be their balls. Oh, I almost critically missed. I rolled a seven and a two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you go, you wind up like crazy, and uh, and you run for this guy, and you go for his balls. 
and uh, and you miss just by a few inches, and you just brown star him with your crock. <laughs> it doesn't do any kind of damage, but he is very confused like, being touched like this. Right, usually it's him. Or I got him right in the taint. Like, oh, yeah. like I missed his junk and just... He's just got a severely bruised taint. <laughs> He's not going to be able to sit on a bar stool for a while. <laughs> it actually hurt me more than it did him. Try a new item. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, that was an unfortunate roll, so I think I'm going to take advantage of my new toy that I got. Woo! The, uh, the Bracer of Melvin, as we're calling it. <laughs> as, as you're calling it. As anyway. we're calling it. <laughs> And uh, I'm gonna roll back six seconds. I'm gonna try that again. <laughs> Kick again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna project back to myself the image of me kicking this guy in the taint. <laughs> this guy better brace for a Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a fourteen uh, Four and a six. Fourteen is more than enough. You're. Your gentle, soft crock plows directly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's... I can't think of a better way to describe it than he splits him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and this guy, we're going to have him do a quick constitution save. Uh, that is a failed constitution save. You, you, uh, ball kicked him to unconsciousness. <laughs> he passed out from the pain. <laughs> oh, just to kick somebody in the balls unconscious. <laughs> I imagine it would be fairly easy to do. Does he, um, does he like, slide forward? Like, I kicked him so hard. Like, like anime style? <laughs> like, he's sliding in the dust? <laughs> You get a couple of inches out of it, sure. <laughs> Anything else you want to do to this guy's balls while you've got the opportunity? No. They've had enough. More they walk away whistling lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> Kolvik, you good with the amount of uh, terror that's uh, been yeah. inflicted today? Kolvik, the rageful. I was just doing as my teammate was forwarding to. Mm -hmm. He initiated. I'm pretty i'm pretty easily manipulated disappointed as you crock somebody straight in the balls as we're leaving yeah, really what the fuck <laughs> you basically shit the pants almost to death but <laughs> almost is the, you the key a, word there you made a bunch of people blind confused <laughs> you kicked a man's balls into unconsciousness i have to walk by crusty on my way out of the area and i have to pee so well, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by both of you guys being like, "Geez, Kolvik, what's up with uh, you?" Yeah, listen, there's, a, there's, I think there's a difference here between blinding and confusing a few clowns and kicking one in the balls, or, to, or, to, or maybe maybe webbing a guy to a beach and letting crabs eat is, him alive. Yeah, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's floating in her <laughs> versus lighting a clown on fire. I think a lot more people can get behind lighting a clown on fire, and then trying yeah. to smash another one's head. I was in combat. I was in like an orcish combat. He doesn't understand clowns. I don't understand Damn, their purpose. That's more pain. <laughs> <laughs> what a clown? Oh man. 
they're painted with the blood of their enemies. <laughs> Dude, I totally, this. I, so I had a lot of ideas in mind for the way that things were gonna go for orcs and orc clans, mm-hmm. and it's all different now. It's all orcs fighting war, cl- war clowns. <laughs> that's, the, that's the long history of rage and violence in the orc history is orcs and orcs versus war clowns. <laughs> so it made He didn't know, it was instinct. Ancestral enemies. Nurture. War clown tribes of the mountains. <laughs> Twice a year they come down to raid our villages. You're laughing from the woods. <laughs> but I am fascinated by his wig, so I take that and walk away. All right. All right, man. So you guys continue on your walk back from fishing and you safely and successfully make it back to town, having taught four clowns the lesson of their lifetimes. The local clown union 420 will not be messing with you again. We should shake them. We should have shaken them down. I wonder if that guy's the head of the union. Oh, well. We should have the union representative. It's been uh <laughs> it's, it's been a day or two since you taught those fucking clowns some lessons. <laughs> You guys have gone through the, the, the missions assigned to you by Exute, and she basically promised you all like a, a piece of cool stuff, and then we'd figure out where to go from there. Uh, you've got, well, none of you guys even got hurt during the clown battle, did you? That was, that was just all sheer fucking Three Stooges slapstick. I don't know. I think Melvin might have stubbed a toe on a testicle or something, but (laughs) (laughs) my toe really hurts. (laughs) A little sore today. (laughs) Felt it all the way through my (laughs) crack. So you're um, you're hanging out at the shop. It's a it's a fairly cold winter day. Bitter wind is blowing outside. Exude just kind of like pops into existence in uh, in one of the chairs at the table and looks around at you guys and just says, hey, what's up? Hey, did you see us fuck up those clowns? <laughs> <laughs> she starts laughing immediately. <laughs> he says, that shit was priceless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, so, that was good times. <laughs> so she says that right now it's... So after the laughter of the clown ass-kicking dies down between the three of you and Exude, she says to the three of you, well, now we've got some time to kill. There's uh, a long time between now and the actual ritual, and... Well, a long time before the temple itself opens, I wanted to stop by and see if there's anything that you need or if you had any questions about all this. Realize this is a bit of a shock. It's new information. Nobody really knows about these things anymore. It's all information that seems to have been lost. Is there anything that you wanted to know? I'm trying to think. Because I had some questions before about we had to... There were three... What did we call them? What are, the, what are these cubes called the the temples the temp are they called temples the cubes are the temples yeah and there's only two of them oh there's two of them 
Oh, yeah. There's two temples, but in the center island, there is the where the chalices are kept, or chalice. So, uh, rather than like trying to roleplay this all out specifically, because it's going to get kind of weird based on what you know and what you don't know, we can just turn this into a normal conversation. So, you're asking about like what are the basically the geography of what's going on here? I think so, I, not so much the geography. I was trying to figure out exactly get the names down, but I had I remember I, previously I had questions on the balance of everything um why like how much did why did this matter like why did restoring balance why is the balance at these two temples better than having the like the both chalices or whatever at one temple okay so exude is going to explain that out like we'll say that you you summarize that succinctly to her as a as a question of like you know What's the deal with the temple? <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, she explains out to you guys that the way that this has worked for a very long time is there is the fountain, the eastern temple, and the western temple. The western temple is the, the, the big cube that's beneath Andon. Every 500 years, and I did just listen to the episode, we did talk about it, so this is a thing you guys know. This isn't me giving you guys new information. Every 500 years is what is referred to as a turn, and that's when the ceremony happens. I don't remember if I actually explained this part, but I'll, th- I'll throw it out there anyway, because it should, it's a thing she's explaining to you now. At year 498, the temples on both islands will open. What was supposed to happen, the way things were set up way back in the day, is... A group of representatives from each continent, Taos and Errol, would go down to these temples. They'd grab their half of the chalice. Everybody would have a big party, and they'd walk out to the coast, have a big party there, get on their boats. They'd meet at the big island in the center. There was a series of contests and challenges and other fun things that were intended to be kind of like what the Olympics are for us. Hey, like the best of your continent and the best of our continent, and we'll all get together and have fun and compete in these, you know, cool things that happen. And then at the end of it, they would present a pure youth from their nation to represent them, to take their half of the chalice into this big open courtyard where the fountain sits in the center of it. They would unite the chalice in a symbol of peace, freedom, and equality between the two great nations, the chalice would be replenished, they would split that apart, and then everybody would have one more big party, and each of them would go back to their respective continents. Life would go on happy and merry with the force of life spreading out between the continents for another 500 years until we did it all over again. So it's not about carrying water from the fountain to the temple, it's just half of the chalice. Yeah, you're, you're not literally carrying like a fluid or a liquid or anything like that. The chalice itself is a divine artifact, and it's able to contain this, you might say, uh, what, would, what would the right word be? Not refined, not purified, this concentrated, I guess you'd say, essence of the, of the gods. And that, that force that is there from the forces is what is carried back to the land, and that is largely what feeds life on the continent. So each temple would supply or bring forth a youth 
to replenish the chalice. So there would be two children, essentially, mm-hmm. to do this. Okay. And how is the chalice split? Is it like top and bottom, or right down the middle, or down the middle vertically? Gotcha. So imagine. Uh, I probably should have a picture of this for you guys at some point. I'll throw it out on the Reddit someday. Um, I'm imagining this like just like a like a trophy, you know, like that classic cup shape uh, with the two big handles on the side, and so you kind of push like a those together. It has all the name of the children who came before it. <laughs> <laughs> Karate chopped in half. <laughs> so yeah, this this thing is um, this. When I first thought of this, I had this super cheesy, well, even cheesier than it currently is, idea that it was going to be like the yin and the yang shape, and it would kind of nestle together and whatnot. I kind of ditched that, but the chalice itself, if you look at it from the side, it looks like a, like a big chalice, a big cup, a big trophy, and it is split vertically, and... Stanley, not Heisman. Sorry, what? Nothing, I was correcting myself. It's Stanley Cup, not Heisman. Anyway. Oh, yeah, the hockey cup? Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Sorry. The artifact itself is able to, yeah, like a battery, I guess you might say, is able to with uh, or is able to hold a charge from the fountain in a sense. And again, this is all magicy magic stuff, so like, there's not really like a good physical explanation for it. So it holds, it gets replenished by the fountain, and then each of these kids brings it back out to their respective group of people from their own continent. Huzzah, hooray, life is great. Aren't we all so lucky we have this big ceremony to celebrate life and replenish our lands? Then they go back. They put their half of the chalice back in their own temple. It closes up and seals for another 498 years. And that's what feeds the land. So what state are, are things currently in? Right now, the Western Temple, which is on Taos, which is the continent that you're on, has both halves of the chalice. The Western Continent and the Western Temple has had both halves of this thing for four turns. How which does it come to be? Basically, yoink. The, uh, the one side betrayed the other side. And the next natural question that would come from that is, is that the first time that's ever happened? And no. During the first handful of years of the ceremony, there was balance and they went back and forth and you know each kind of got their own half and everybody was happy with it um, but sometime a long time ago she doesn't remember exactly which turn it was but one side realized that yeah they could just yoink and take the whole damn thing back to their own place and for the most part since then it has been all on one side or all on the other side there have been very very few times in the intervening years that it has actually been split equally so my question was, why does Zoot care about this? Why does she care that it's balanced? There are two consequences of the whole chalice being in one place for too long. One of them is that having been in the absence of life for so long, or of this life-giving divine energy, a, the, the land on that side could eventually go sterile. The other side of it would be if a land has so much of this life force pushed into it for so long, it's only meant to tolerate so much of that. The, um, I don't know, whatever the container of the soul would be can only be pushed so far before it can burst. So one way or the other, the threat here is that either 
the life on Errol, the other continent, would be permanently extinguished and that land would be sterile with potentially no chance of ever recovering and slash or Taos, where you live, basically the, the bubble will burst. And then what? Kind of the same end result. It's never happened before, so nobody knows, but it's not a risk that Exude wants to take. So she's afraid that there could end up being no life whatsoever? Mm-hmm. You said this was, we had to bring it to a fountain, correct? A fountain courtyard fountain, is that correct? The fountain. So is that anything like the fountain of the goddess that we went to before, their demi-plain land? Because I know we walked by a few, a fountain, a large oh, fountain. Oh, no, those are just like decorative fountains okay. in, in Yasya. Okay. Hmm. Seems reasonable and logical. I'm sure she wouldn't lie to us, so. Oh. <laughs> she is going to ask you, Melvin, that you seem somewhat mistrustful of this. Is there a reason why? I'm generally mistrustful of people, but also we're not real familiar with the gods or their intentions or how they interact or what they want or what they don't want, so... When somebody comes showering us with gifts, uh, I think it's only natural for me to question what they want in return. She says, that's fair enough. But I'll remind you, I didn't give you any of the things that you got. You went and earned them yourself. I just told you where to find them. And I expect you to use them to do the thing I'm asking you to do. These gifts were not free. So I can understand your mistrust based on that alone. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying, lady. They're not free. They come with a cost. And you obviously expect something in return. So what if we don't? You can go on your merry way. You've acquired these items on your own. They weren't gifts from me. And I'll just pick other champions. To kill us, probably. And then take, take the gifts. She smiles at you and she says, You'll die on your own someday. I don't need to speed that along. Mortality rates holding steady at 100%. <laughs> and really, in the end, I suppose she could tell you this or you could assume on your own, she's been around for thousands of years. Three mortals don't mean a lot to her. Have the go gods and goddesses ever intervened in this whole act before? You're asking her? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So is this your first time intervening in all this? Nope. Do we need... So Sorry. Okay, why didn't you stop it before the first time it went around when somebody took it all? She says, I pick champions. They don't always win. Also, I don't always fight for this continent. I'm not trying to get one side or the other on top. I'm trying to maintain a balance. You're hosting a bunch of losers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she, must have, she must have just gotten adventuring teams. Not very good adventuring teams. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If only she had chosen very good adventuring teams. So, are you telling me, are there other gods right now choosing teams of their own? She says, I'm not really privy to what the gods do in their own time, but I would imagine. We haven't met any other gods. So the only thing I can think of is they're predisposed with other people. Yeah. And are we going to need grace to refill the chalice? She says, we don't need her specifically, if that's what you're asking, but she's a small, innocent, and lovely child. Well, Ploop seemed pretty nice. <laughs> Ploop. Ploop. <laughs> <laughs> they all uh, look the same. 
Shame you, huh? <laughs> Taking a shit. Ploop, ploop, ploop. Um, Ploop's my cousin. <laughs> ploop yeah, and bloop. <laughs> Great guys. Do other gods have an interest in this? Sounds like sounds like they mm-hmm. might, but nobody knows. She says, in their own way, all of us have interest in this, but not all of us take active action in it. How many of you do? She says, this time around, I'm not aware of anybody else that's started plotting yet. All right, so we've got to jump. Is there any benefit to you if we succeed? She says, well, if life is not extinguished, then that's a pretty, uh, you know, that's plus one for the home team. Well, now what? We've retrieved... The gifts that you set us out to retrieve. Unless there's more gifts. <laughs> Are gonna, there more gifts? I'm going to ask her about the dream. I said, I, got, I had a dream recently with a strange green orb just playing around. And as you notice, my necklace now became a bracer. What? Who was that? What was that about? Uh, she looks at it and she says, it looks like one of the signs of Haya, but nothing I know about. And she looks over at Roscoe and winks. Yeah, I was asking the death goddess about Yeah, But I'm asking questions about gods I don't know about. Yeah. Kind of be annoying for me. I'm like a god. I just gave you all the stuff, and you're just like, Hey, hey what about the other god? other god? How about them? <laughs> yeah, what's up? Like, yeah. like you, you meet a famous person, and you're like, well, What's it like to work with this other guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> what's Hiaya ever done for you? Besides giving me this sweet necklace, and then I can banish people to shitlands? I don't know. Haya is, in fact, the source of all of your power. Mm-hmm. So all That's of your clerical and healing me. and everything else comes from that goddess. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that so, um, some obviously are going to get defensive about it. I'm like, whoa, guys, back up Haya. I got some questions. Come on the, now. Um, the thing that you got with the, um, the Kesha thing, that's from Haya? The bling of healing. Well, that, so that is an additional magical item that he got that aids in healing. But mm-hmm. his power, like his comes from clerical higher. power, all of his filing and sorting and somebody had to make the clerical joke at some point. No, his joke, it, his, his powers as a healer come from a god or goddess and specifically for Kolvik, they come from Haya. What if you were to like, you know, get your powers from Exude instead? And I'm not sure how easy that would be. Just, I would have to, I don't know, it took a lot of time to get up to this point. You kind of got to be giving your life and your whole soul. I mean, you'd probably have to. Just saying. That side. The, one of them's giving you some tension. The other one's not so much. I'm only creating my own tension out of my own flaws. And you just set a clown on fire. Like, <laughs> and you kicked one in the balls and made him shit his pants. Yeah, well, nobody ever died from getting kicked in the balls. Somebody's died. If we ever have guests, they should appear as Binky the War Clown. <laughs> he made peace with our group. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, your worst enemy becomes your best friend. Yep. Like, he's over for beers all the time. Remember that time you kicked me in the balls? That was fun. Dude, I, you know, I've known a lot of, like, duty frat bros and whatnot in my life that are like, hey, you remember the time you kicked me in the ball sword? I passed out. <laughs> like, that's just normal conversation in bro town. Is bro town anywhere near flavor town? <laughs> <laughs> Neighboring communities. Flavor town. In between them is the factory where they make all the white hats. 
they were all like, we're going to kill you. And we're like, respect me, bro. <laughs> respect you, bro. That's what the clown battle should have started off with. <laughs> respect us, bro. I respect you, bro. Respect, respect your profession, bro. bro. All right. Well, uh, at, in in the conversation, by the way, about uh, switching your clerical allegiances, as you guys are kind of bantering back and forth about it, Haya does step in towards the end of that conversation and say, "While I am always happy to accept new followers, I never poach from my friends." Or Exude says that. Exude says, "What did I say?" You said Haya. Haya, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't just appear and start in on the conversation. <laughs> she just like pokes her head through the wall, like. Hey, <laughs> I don't oh. poke for my friends. <laughs> yeah, Exute is uh, they, the gods have. This is all stuff that you guys are like picking up over time and in conversation because you guys have hung out with with Exude a couple times now. Is that it? Kind of sounds like he's just said the guns have. The guns. <laughs> <laughs> the magical guns. That's a terrible word. <laughs> Why is that terrible, out of all things? Because. A gunt? Because why? It uses... It's a portmanteau of the C word. The what of the C word? Portmanteau. A portmanteau? That's a new word for me. What does that mean? Combination of words. A portmanteau? That's, that sounds like a combination of three words. Portman and toe. <laughs> a portly man's toe. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is DM Nick. By special request from my wife, I will be reading this entire mid-roll in what she calls my NPR voice. I would also like NPR to consider this my official application for employment, as I would love to be able to read terrible news about starvation and war in soothing whisper-speak. In local news, the Very Good Adventuring team has surpassed a personal goal of exceeding 1,000 downloads for their first episode. This news comes as somewhat tainted celebration given the recent rise of rumors that the adventurers were involved in the mysterious disappearance of the super amazing adventure friends last fall. Mayor Aegis Gringold was unable to be reached for comment. In national news, President DM4532 made an official statement on iTunes earlier today stating that this D&D actual play podcast is absolutely hysterically funny. It definitely deserves its explicit tag. The players and DM craft a very entertaining story. Give it a try. In international news, Iran, India, and Argentina all have something in common today. All of them have exactly one download of the Very Good Adventuring team each. As of press time, it is unknown if everyone in those countries is huddled around a single speaker or sharing a single pair of headphones to listen to the single download, but the United Nations, a longtime supporter of VGAT, has offered to send a shipment of donated iPods with all of the episodes downloaded to ensure more citizens are able to listen. No word as of yet from North Korea, who is still maintaining the embargo and currently still have zero total downloads of the Very Good Adventuring team. We now return you to our previous program where the adult children of adopted alcoholics reminisce about Americana while fixing car problems during a news quiz. So, Exude explains to you basically, she's always willing to accept new followers, but um, she considers Haya a friend. She would not be willing to poach a follower from one. There's a I don't know, unspoken agreement between the gods and goddesses that they, that they don't do that. The person, the person doing it could willingly make a choice to go from one to the other, 
but it's never uh, an active like mm -hmm. recruitment drive sort of thing. And beyond that, so the impression that you guys have gotten over these conversations about the gods and the nature of their relationships to each other is that they are, it's hard to describe their relationships in terms that short-lived beings, uh, even elves that live in their hundreds of years would really understand. You know, if you've got, imagine yourself in this perspective, you are one of 12 unique beings in all of the universe. You have special powers and abilities beyond all other known, you know, creatures and mortals and all the rest of it. Also, you don't die. That's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. And again, there's only 12 of you. But more importantly, you guys have basically been roommates for thousands of years. Like, you guys all live in the same, for you, relatively confined space based on the amount of power and ability that you have, etc. That relationship is going to be complicated. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting cross between, you know, the roommates that eventually cave in and fuck each other one night when they're drunk and the, uh, what the fuck, we referenced it the other day, the, uh, the John Wick where they're shooting at each other in the subway, but they're being real subtle and respectful about it. So they know they don't want to destroy each other. They don't even know if they could, perhaps. But there's going to be all these, like, petty little power plays between them. Mm -hmm. Not anything that's going to, like, overstep any boundaries of what is probably a very elaborate social code. But, you know, they're always going to be kind of picking at each other and testing boundaries and whatnot. What, um, what kind of benefits would a, a follower of Exude expect to receive? She says, well, it depends on what kind of follower do you want to be. Thinking about switching it up to Cleric? Uh, would you have to be a cleric to, um, I mean, I guess you don't really worship gods here. Yeah, there's, oh, there's worship for sure. Okay. I mean, they get a certain amount of their power from prayer and worship and things like that. Okay. It's totally what I am. It's an unfortunate lifestyle, but. Mm -hmm. So rather than me describing this as she would describe it to you, because she would just kind of speak in vague terms of like powers and blessings and things like that. Mechanically, the way that this would work. And I'll address it for each of the two of you. So, Kolvik, if you were to switch from your existing relationship with Haya over to Exude, if you wanted to do that, what you would do as a cleric is you would maintain your clerical level and a lot of those other things, but you would switch your domain. Um, right now, you are of the life domain, right? So, you've got the other five domains that are in the main book, and we can talk about other ones if you're, if you're curious about it. As Melvin, right now you're a wizard. Your magical powers come from within yourself, essentially. It's, it's through study. It's through hard work. It's, it's, a, it's a strain and an effort to do it. Your magical powers could become a lot more effortless if you decided to go through Exude to do that, which mechanically what that would mean is that you would switch from being a wizard to being a warlock. Uh, warlock is somebody whose magical powers come from them being bestowed upon them through a patron. Okay. It's a very similar relationship, I personally think anyway, as what a cleric is, but it's just, it represents itself in the world a little different way. Interesting. Um, we could also talk, if you were curious about it, of doing something like a multi-class where you would be, you know, part wizard and part warlock. Um, and we could talk about some other options in there as well, but mechanically that's how it would work is that your power would be rather than like 
rather than you working really hard and studying and finding spell books and things like that, you would just have your powers conferred upon you, but know that they came specifically from your patron. Interesting. Well, that's good to know. And I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but um, it's interesting to know. See how things go with Exude in the future. Who knows what could happen? You know, there's other benefits too. Like, uh, it's probably just always a nice thing to have a big, powerful goddess on your side. Mm-hmm. Right? Can't argue with that. Other than that, I have um, no questions except for what do we do now? Any other questions from the, from the gallery before we... What do we do now? No. There it was. What? Actually, I want to know. It. Yeah, curious what Roscoe is, is in his mind about everything. He had some pretty sweet dreams, so. <laughs> well, you don't know about that. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we did, and so I'm just kind of thinking. That might have been horrifying. It could have. But you guys had a nice <laughs> wink. I was winking about the horrifying tentacles that came out of places. <laughs> or went into places. Or <laughs> both. Or it was just. She just made you slay rabbits for hours on end while she giggled in a chair. <laughs> you had to pet them to death for an, <laughs> for an eternity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it sounds like Kulvik had a dream. I had a dream. Roscoe, did you have a dream? Yes. What was it about? I had some face-to-face time with Exude. What kind of face-to-face time? The kind where we... I don't really remember. She's sitting right there at the table, by the way. So I kind of look at Exude. I kind of look at Roscoe. What, uh, do I feel like anything weird is happening right now? She just kind of looks over at Roscoe and raises an eyebrow. I don't remember. Uh, Exude, did you have anything to do with our dreams? She says, well, I had stopped by you. Let you know about Nansen when he came by. Yeah. And then what about Kulvik? Did you stop by Kulvik? No, I just told her about mine, and they got accused of weird stuff, but... What's weird? <laughs> Why do you keep asking about things? <laughs> Don't ask me questions. <laughs> so you asked about your dream, and she said, nope, have no idea. Mm-hmm. She dream. said, yeah, yeah hi, that sounds like a high am, but she didn't say anything else about a dream. I feel like there's shenanigans about... Shenanigans! Why does it bother you? I declare shenanigans. Burn the whole town down. Because I don't like being manipulated, or I don't like people around me being manipulated either. Consciously, I'm not telling you I fucked a goddess in my dream, <laughs> manipulating you. <laughs> uh, well, one, is that what happened? Not saying it did. Not saying it didn't. <laughs> All I'm saying is that I don't like the idea of a god playing with our dreams. Not all she plays with. Are you saying she played with your wiener? I'm not saying that happened. <laughs> Could have been a ball. Could have been two balls. Is Exute still just laughing over there? What's Exute's reaction? She's, she's just kind of got an amused smile on her face while she watches you guys hash out whatever the fuck it is you're <laughs> hashing out here. The point is, is that I'm still suspicious. I'm still cautious. And this certainly doesn't help things. Shrug. Mm-hmm. Shrug. <laughs> Still to the point of, I'm, it's not the god, but it's still a god, and so I'm still going, rolling with the punches. Yeah. And I don't still really much bigger. know why even bother with suspicion. Like, if she was of a mind, she would just kill us and be done with it. Well, you gotta remember, these gods are thousands of years old. So, 
it's not uh, beyond them to play with the lives of mortals, I'm sure. For she entertainment. Says, oh no, it's our favorite game. Yeah. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> I mean, she, like I said, she's still sitting here listening to you guys talk about her. What can we do about it? She looks at you and says, you can enjoy the ride. That's right. The ride. Ride. Not saying I didn't. Not saying I didn't. Ride. <laughs> anyway. On the topic of hand, I think that's all I had for the island and of everything else right now. Until new developments come up. We're still playing the waiting game. I just sigh. So she says, she goes on to explain that there are a series of things that you'll need to bring to the island, and she is researching where those things have gotten to at this point. She has other people, much like you, but not quite in the same role, that are searching for these things and researching, and, you know, you lose track of shit over 500 years. (laughs) Uh, So they're working on locating these things and then either acquiring them or helping you guys acquire them or telling you where to acquire them. And when the time is right, the temple will open, grab some chalices to make sure that they are safe and secured, because, well, it's a pretty valuable thing. Do we know when the temple's going to open exactly? Um, yes, which is, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I I can't recall, it's in my notes somewhere, but I have a date. Uh, You guys are, at this point, about, um... You're about a year and a half from that temple opening, 18 months or so. Okay. The reason I'm asking is that I want to make sure we're there somewhat in advance, just in case somebody else is looking for the same thing. So. Yeah. I mean, there are, I guess, I would suppose, their conversation today. Anyway, that's like a year off. So, what? Um, again, what are we doing in the meantime here? Especially, and it sounds like it's in the dead of winter. Just for right now, hang out, serve the town that you are an adventuring group for, and uh, when I have a solid lead to send you on, I'll come back and send you on a lead. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, see you later, or (laughs) see you another time. See you another time. Is that fucking I love you, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Catch you on the min- <laughs> yeah, Joe on the min- Ben. <laughs> Who wants to go first telling our lovely audience about their leveling up experience? I can tell of my tales of adventure leveling up. Uh, I rolled perfectly for hit points. So, nine total added to my 56 for 65. I got a point in proficiency bonus, like everybody else. And I got the ability Infiltration Expertise. You can unfailingly create false identities for yourself. I must spend 7 days and 25 gold to establish the history, profession, and affiliations for an identity. But I cannot establish an identity that belongs to somebody else. Oh, so you can't just, like... Imitate. You couldn't roll up and be like, Hello, I'm Aegis Gringold. Like, or, Hello, I'm Melvin. I can be. Magus <laughs> Blimgold. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just rolled for my hit points, and I got a critical fail. So I have two more hit points, and so did my DM, because we were going against each other. We both failed, so I get two. Awesome. 
Yeah, that was dumb, man. Sorry yep. about that. It's supposed to improve your odds, not just <laughs> not just rub it in. But that's the first time I've gotten anything less than like five. It's crazy. All right, and with the spells, I uh, got another level four, so I chose divination, and so I should be able to ask my gods or god's servant. Since you can't talk to the god, it would be the god's servant. You can ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within the next seven days. So I'm not sure I'm going to use that yet, but that'll be cool. Uh, keep in mind for that one, I think as a DM, I can... Like, you're not going to get an answer necessarily, like... It can be short, sorry. cryptic, or whatever you really feel like giving. Mm -hmm. Like, it, you can ask a question and be like, seven crows land on a fence in order from shortest to tallest. Or I won't go that obscure, but it can get all fucking biblical up in here. Mm -hmm. For my life uh, domain, I was able to get mass cure wounds and raise dead. So that's cool. But to use mass cure wounds, you have 500 gold pieces per use or diamonds worth. And then I also chose flame strike as a attack spell. Weird. Sounds violent. It is violent, you're right. Apparently I don't know which way I'm heading. Mass cure wounds, flame strike. What am I... <laughs> you're so emo and confused. <laughs> yeah, I am a young a young pup in the half-white game. Right on. Melvin, tell us about your level. I did not roll for my HP because my rolls are utterly shit. Uh, so I took the standard six hit points, uh, gained a fifth level spell slot, and I added Victor's Magnificent Fist to my spell book. There are certain spells in the rule book that have specific brand names and whatnot, and we try and avoid those because we don't want to do copyright infringement. So that specific spell goes out to Victor, one of our Patreon patrons. Victor, we are super grateful for your continued patronage and support, and so we have named this spell after you, buddy. A giant hand. <laughs> it's so magnificent. Yeah, we did throw the magnificent in there for you, buddy. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. The three of you are riding your majestic war horses through the mountains. A couple days ago, Aegis had come to you guys letting you know that he has some relatives who run one of the nearby towns on the other side of the mountain range that's sort of like northeast of you guys. Aegis has not heard from them in longer than he has expected, and he wants somebody to go and check this out. We're trying the cold open thing, by the way. Shit's already in progress. We don't have to catch shit from you guys about like, oh, is this something about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> We're in the shop. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are you guys are traveling through the mountains towards the town of. Conriston. Can you spell that? I can. It is C-O-N-R-I-S-T-O-N. Conriston. Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> the town of Conriston is your destination. Language of origin? I'm sorry, what? Language of origin? <laughs> uh, that is from the uh, town name generator that I found on the internet. <laughs> 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 I heard Lego Jaborigin. <laughs> <laughs> Lego 
Sandra Birch. We're doing like the fucking spelling bee thing, and you were like, that was like one of the hard words from the last spelling bee. Language of origin. L E G O J A B O R A. Oh, there's got to be a G. I don't know how to spell that made up word. Oh, this is Icelandic. Throw a J in there. Yeah. Huh? What if it was GJ? GJ. Like I'm work. Lego Jaborigin. Lego Jaborigin. <laughs> have a character named Lego Jaborigin. <laughs> <laughs> Lego Jaborigin. That, that could be your uh, alternate identity. <laughs> Carlos Lego Jaborigin. <laughs> now we have to spell it. <laughs> Fuck. Well, he's, if he's making up the identity, he yeah. gets to spell it. Yeah. Let's have. All right, you spell it this time, and we'll see if you get it right the next time. <laughs> but, like, just completely go nuts with it. Like, it is spelled P Q X. <laughs> That's it. Just It's like most of the letters are silent, and then the other letters are, are hidden. <laughs> I'll just have it be David Dennison. <laughs> or Ron Mexico. Ron Mexico is the best. Ron Mexico. I don't know that reference. Was it Michael Vick? Yeah, that was his alter ego. He got tested for herpes, I believe. <laughs> Somebody got a hold of his uh, doctor records. And he went and got tested for herpes under the name Ron Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so for a while, people were having Ron Mexico jerseys made. <laughs> and the NFL wouldn't make them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting in the doctor's office. Hmm, what should I name you? That'd be funny if you went down to Mexico. Ron, um, Mexico? <laughs> Maybe he caught herpes from Ron in Mexico. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Just picturing the, the last scene from, uh, from fucking oh, what is that usual suspects and the doctor's looking around the room and it's like looks at his own name tag and it says ron and then there's a, <laughs> there's a fucking picture of mexico behind him or a flag <laughs> as he's piecing it together vex stops limping and starts walking normal <laughs> the coffee cup falls to the floor and shatters his herpes sore falls off There was the line. (laughs) Okay, let's play Dungeons and Dragons instead. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to Conriston. Conriston. There you are on your way to Conriston. You arrive at this village mid-morning. You are surprised to see and hear no one. It's, uh, it's snowed here recently. You can see impressions of footprints going everywhere, but you can't make out any, uh, any real patterns or anything like that in the snow. It's, it's all been obscured by a recent layer of snowfall. All the windows are shuttered, but a few doors are hanging open on homes as you pass by. I'm assuming you guys are riding your hoser. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say riding our hosers? <laughs> Take off, eh? <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with me? You guys are right in your hosers. Giddy up, guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. Oh, man. 
<laughs> okay, so let's attempt number 27 for the opening on the town scene. <laughs> I assume you guys are riding your war horses into this town. Um, <laughs> war hosers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're, uh, you're riding. Um, the air around you is, is very still. Um, you eventually find yourself in the town center. It's a, it's a pretty large open area, a couple of houses lining the perimeter. The, the town appears to be completely abandoned. You're not seeing any kind of signs of struggle. You're not seeing signs of fire. Uh, no scratches from Andan Alpha Bears on the walls or anything of that nature. And uh, and you're just just kind of hanging out, walking around, checking things out. You can tell that this town center area, by the way, the snow's a little more trampled down um, than anywhere else in the town, but there's that layer of snow over it uh, here as well. You're looking around, seeing nothing, and then suddenly... I'd like all of you to make a wisdom saving throw. Mm. 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 Be sure, by the way, to use the wisdom saving throw. Some, at least a couple of you will probably have proficiency in wisdom. Saving throws. So the... So next to my saving throws, do I add that number to my saving throw? Yes. If I have um, proficiency in that saving throw? Or how does... What does that mean? Yeah, let me let me bust out your character sheet real quick. Holy here. shit, Kolvik. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, your your normal wisdom is a is a, a plus one bonus. Mm-hmm. But if you click on, and I'm just gonna click it in your sheet. If you click on the word wisdom in the box that says saving throws, it'll actually add all of the modifiers appropriate. Because basically what that is is that's your wisdom modifier plus your proficiency bonus. Gotcha. Hard mate. Also very wise. Kolvik with a 22 and Melvin with a 21. Two of you can feel like a desire to go into this building on the northwestern part of the central town area. It's just sort of like a lingering tug to go in that direction. Roscoe, you just start walking. Uh, You're seven. um, You're just like, man, going in that building over there, that's the best idea in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get off your horse and you start shuffling in that direction. Uh, hey, Roscoe, where are you going? I'm going to this building over here. Why? Where else would I go? Uh, we have some <laughs> uh, a strong urge to go in this building over here. Actually, this direction. That's not where I'm going, though. I'm going over here. Um, Melvin? <laughs> I'm going to uh, pull my horse up in front of him and see if I can get him to stop. All right. Uh, so you pull your horse in front of him and uh, he... He kind of bumps into it. I'll have you make another quick wisdom save. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Just walk into that building. That fucking building looks great. With a 19, you bounce off of Melvin's horse, Mr. Pickles, and he, uh, like the the jolt, kind of shocks you out of this, and uh, and you can like kind of realize that you were just acting almost against your own will as you were moving towards this building. Melvin, you are looking down at Roscoe, and you can see that he's like, kind of, like coming back to his senses. Roscoe, you're looking up at Melvin, like, "What the fuck? Why did you stop me from going to that building?" <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't really want to go there. Kolvik, you're off to the side, and you look over and see that the door to this building is open, and you see a little bit of a shadow kind of flicker around the inside of the doorway, but you don't see anything distinct. Hmm. What would you all like to do? 
I think we should go in that building and kill whatever wants us in there. Mm, could be a trap. Do we want to? No, let's burn it down from the outside. Gosh, could that building be a trap? <laughs> what if we lit the building on fire? Gee whiz, Scoob, I don't know. <laughs> That's really good. I know, can you actually play Light Blow, Scoob? There's something in the building. Dude, we're going to get another cease and desist howler. Yeah. All right, so I don't think uh, we should go in there. It's quite obviously a trap. And, uh, sure, if you want to start that building on fire, we can do that. Alright, how many entrances do we say to this building? I mean, it's awesome that we just walk into this town that he just wanted us to go to, and we just start setting buildings on fire. Because we, <laughs> we have a a bad feeling. That'll go over well when we tell him. <laughs> uh, we just had a bad feeling, so... Uh... That was a plague house. <laughs> So there we were at the fourth pile of ashes that used to be a house, and we we're like, maybe we should look inside now. Somebody else burned down those houses. It was like that when we got <laughs> yeah, there. They were, they were burned when we got there. <laughs> Turns out that's what went wrong. All the houses individually burned down. One at a time. <laughs> For sure before we got there. <laughs> All right, what do you guys want to do? You want to burn it down? Um, so... Looking at this house, is it, um, so it's open, it, and it is a house, right? Yes, uh, it is a house that's probably, the face that you're facing is about 15 feet across. You, uh, kind of step to the side, and you can see that it's, like, maybe 10 feet deep or so. It's got a single door and a window on the front face of it. The door is open, the window is shuttered. In fact, all the windows in this town are shuttered, by the way, just because it's winter. Uh, yeah, you it's... can, uh, you can just see that this door is, uh not like swinging back and forth ominously or anything. It's more just hanging open ominously. Okay. What if you hit the house with Thunder Wave? I have to be really close to do that. Okay. Thunder Wave only has a limited range. Do you have any ranged spells? I have lots. I could shoot an arrow into the door while you shoot something into the window. Is this door like hanging wide open? Like can we see directly into the house or is it like wide open and it's just really dark and we can't see inside? It's wide open but the like the, the contrast you know because it's a fairly fairly light day and the snow is making everything bright so all you see is the rectangular blackness of the inside of the house is this house like in the is this the centermost house in this town or is this just like any other house in, in town um if you're asking if there's something special about this house based on location there is not okay uh you do see that there are several other houses in this town i keep wanting to say town square but and i'm gonna just start saying it but just so you guys know it's not a square it's kind of a more like an oval i guess okay but it, it is like the central area of the town it's like well like you got back in Andon where you'd have festivals and town gatherings etc so basically we just have all these houses facing to the center of this oval and this is just one of many of them mm -hmm. do we notice any footprints going in or out of this house or towards this house more than usual Episode 23, Interview with a Death God, was released on June 17th, 2018. In other news, we will return next week with another episode of... Vegan! 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 The, the Fair
adventuring team. <laughs> she says, well, it depends on what kind of follower do you want to be? Thinking about switching it up to cleric? Just asking. <laughs> she says, oh, I would, can... would a cleric... Well, what does that mean? Would a like... cleric do this? <laughs> <laughs>